podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hey, you guys. How's it going? Bonjour. Oh, she did the singing. I did it. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, man. It's like impossible. I feel like I do that on the phone, too, with people like, hello, if I know them, if I know them. Okay. It's weird. You know what? I think it's okay if we just (laughs) sing every episode and it'll be okay. How are you? I mean, the church has really a primacy of place for, you know, singing and the, especially the liturgy, you know, like they sing the whole thing at St. Peter's often, Mm. you know, the gospels and everything. So it's true. Well, maybe we should do a musical episode where we just sing everything, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Because what is it? Um, Singing is like praying twice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who said that? Ambrose? Augustine? Uh, Augustine? No. I don't know. Is it? Or is it one of those quotes that we attribute to like some saint, but really it was right. like, it's right, exactly like Hallmark. the St. Francis one that's like, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Yeah, Except yeah, for yeah. St. Francis, never said that. There's yeah. not any evidence. Use words all right. the time. Yeah, That's what I'm yeah, going to do. Yeah. I'm going to start when like, people are like, oh yeah, this quote. I'm like, no, 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 that was St. Hallmark. St. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oprah. That was St. Oprah that said that yeah. one. Yes. Yeah. Other bad quotes, just that they might not be from that particular saint. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? It's so stressful now, though, because you're like, I want, like, this is a really inspirational quote. And you go to, like, write the name and say, you're like, but did they say it or did they not? And you feel like you have to do, like, a half hour of research. Be like, did they actually say it before I post this on, like, Twitter Mm -hmm. or Facebook or whatever? And Mm -hmm. some of them are inconclusive. Like, some of them, it's not clear. So you're like, right. So then you have to be like, maybe by St. Peter. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah how are you? How are you guys? Erin, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I'm writing the thesis. So people, please keep praying for me on that. But it has actually been going lately. Um, mm-hmm. I've been writing a bit each day, which is great. And and I also feel like it, it, it's really nice, you know, when you're writing a paper or something like something that's big or whatever, when you start having a sense of like, okay, I actually am making connections between things in my brain. I feel like I'm not just spouting like right. random words anymore. I'm actually making sense. And I like, totally. there's like something that's starting to be built there. I, yeah. So I'm very grateful to be coming to that point. Yeah. That's writing great. is. Dude, that's quick to be coming to that point for how long you've been writing. Because writing is hard. Like, it's it takes yeah. a while for connections mm-hmm. to form. Can I get an amen on my students Amen. Out there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. How about you, Rachel? How are you doing? I am doing... I'm doing all right. Like, it's been... Yeah, we're recording this early January. There's a lot of adjustment happening in my life right now, which is good. Like, all good. But, um, but also hard. Like, good and hard. Mm-hmm. And just navigating that. But... It's been, yeah, it's been very, it's been very fruitful, just challenging. Mm. Yeah. Cryptic, but (laughs) (laughs) But it's all interior stuff. It's not really like nothing really massively exterior. You know, I have school starting on Monday. Yay. Nice. (laughs) Nice. How are, how are you, Nicole? Good. I'm just realizing that someone's vacuuming in the background here. I don't know if we can't hear it. We can't hear it at all. Okay. Excellent. Um, But no, I'm doing well. Also kind of preparing to launch back into a new semester mm-hmm. and um, just kind of trying to figure out how to how to do research with people in COVID times and all of that mm. fun stuff. But, um, but it's good. Have some meetings coming up to brainstorm this week and that kind of thing. So, so it's good. 
and always nice to have have these conversations it's such a nice thing to have this like this podcast kind of on the side you know so it's like you know if if something's going rough in my school I'm like well it's okay like I can just go and talk I can just share it publicly with the thousands of people (laughs) super fine yeah that's right (laughs) no but I'm very hopeful about about this year um not just because it's like 2021 and this and whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. but I'm like, I'm hopeful, you know, every year is, there's new hope with every year and even, you know, even, uh, even in weird years. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, totally. But today, so we have kind of a, I feel like a topic that could have been an early topic on this podcast because it's one of, maybe one of the first things that an average Catholic might think of when you think of Catholics and suffering, but it's, um, it's on offering it up, right? As you've probably seen in the title mm-hmm. of this episode. Um, and so we're going to just talk about like, what, what does that mean? Because it's a phrase that we kind of throw around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But ha- yeah, how have you guys, what has been your experience with, you know, people saying offer it up or yourselves saying that? Like, what is like, just like, if you had to, yeah, just sort of colloquially, what is, what does that mean? Like, what, why, what, you know, yeah. It's so funny. I mean, to be honest, a lot of the times that people have said that to me, um, and they'll be like, well, offer it up. What I hear is punch me in the face. Like that's, <laughs> that's like, it's because in some ways, like sometimes I really think that like that when you're in, when you're suffering or whatever, you're experiencing suffering or hard time or something like that. And somebody says that like, it can feel sometimes it's helpful. And sometimes it's actually like, you know, coming whatever, from a place of authenticity or something like that. But sometimes it feels like super surface level and very glib, like, well, just, you know, it's not a big deal what's happening to you. Just offer it up. Just punch me in the face because I'm saying something that's, you know, not really helpful. So <laughs> that's so good. Okay. So Erin um, doesn't love that phrase. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to punch in the like, face, then tell Erin. Come to me and tell me to offer it up. <laughs> but I, I think that's, that's right. fair. I think it can resonate, you know, I, so my, my, um, my mom, who's who's wonderful and awesome, uh, often will say like when I was when we were kids and you'd stub your toe or something and mom I stubbed my toe and she's like oh like that's too bad she's like offer it up offer it up, <laughs> and it's funny my reactions really depended on my mood so sometimes I would just be like mm-hmm. I just wanted you to hug me and tell me and just you know whatever and it was like I was seeking compassion and she gave compassion but also offered up and mm-hmm. I was annoyed because whatever you know just like you're just annoyed yeah. when someone's telling you what to do and your toe hurts or whatever. Um, yeah. There's other times when she would say that, that it was like this reminder of like, oh yeah, this suffering doesn't have to be meaningless, just random pain. I can, it can be used for something and it would be really like meaningful and empowering. So like, and like kind of what you're saying, Erin, you know, just like depending on, on the state, the state. So I think that's kind of interesting, like common experience there. Yeah. 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 I feel like for me, it depends on like, I, like the, the idea of offering it up for me is a solution and not a solution. So it's like a solution in the way that my suffering can have meaning, but it doesn't resolve my suffering. So I feel like that's what kind of makes me annoyed about it. Sometimes people say it's like, if I'm suffering, I'm coming to you. Maybe I already know that my suffering has meaning, or maybe that's not what I need to be reminded of right now that my suffering has meaning. I just need you to receive it because it's Mm. a lot for me to bear. So I think sometimes we use it because we don't know we don't know how to actually receive someone else in their suffering. And so that's why it can feel like a rejection because they're coming to us, not like I'm coming to someone in suffering, not because I want them to tell me it has meaning, but because I just want a soft place to land for a second, you know? Right. And I think that's when it kind of is like, when someone's like, offer if you're like, that's like, yeah, I will. Thank you. Mean you. The face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of the distinction for me. It's like, 
if I'm going just to have a soft place to land and someone's like offer it up and like, okay, I guess, but like, just not like, okay, I'm just going somewhere else. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so maybe there's a practical implication there. It's like, okay, if I am going to tell somebody to offer it up, like what, what is motivating that? Like, is it because they're sharing something with me that I'm like, I don't have the time or I don't have the capacity or whatever it is to be with this person in this moment. And I'm just kind of like wanting to deflect a little bit. Um, and like tell them to do the holy thing or is it actually like you know i'm able to to, to maybe maybe that is um an encouragement. it's easier to sorry an encouragement like maybe it is an encouragement yeah them. and maybe you know maybe i've i've actually spent the time to be with this mm. person and and then i can offer this as like hey you know this is something that our you know that our faith teaches us and or something i'm not sure but i think mm-hmm. it's it's good to like be aware of like why we use that phrase mm-hmm. um and on that note, Erin yes. <laughs> has some some quotes. So we have a, um, you know, this the, the this concept of offering it up. It doesn't come out of nowhere. It's not just a weird Catholic random thing. Like there are reasons why we we offer up our sufferings. Um, and so Erin's going to to uh, kind of read us some of what the the scriptures in the church has to say about that. Mm-hmm. So two things. Um, the first is from Colossians, which is kind of like the foundation of. The, basically the ex, the extension of the phrase offered up. Um, so I now rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. Um, so that's Colossians 1, 24. And then the next one is from Salvifici Dolores 19. And it says, in bringing about the redemption through suffering, Christ has also raised human suffering to the level of redemption. Thus, each man in his suffering can also become a sharer in the redemptive suffering of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right, those are the two quotes. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think for me, like the, even because the thesis that I'm working on now is about the theology of the body and like John Paul, you know, keeps going, we keep going back to the beginning, to the beginning, to the beginning. That's where Jesus is directing, um, directing the reader with the quotes from, you know, Matthew that are part of the theology of the body. So, but in the beginning, like God invited man, God gave man the dignity of being a co-creator with him. Right. So it brings me back to, to that. And that even in, so that, that is not just about, you know, I don't know, creating new life or anything like that, but in like every creative work of God that he invites us to be a part of that, you know, through serving other people, but then also in suffering, like in the Mm. work of suffering, like Jesus in his suffering was creating a work of redemption and that God invites us to be part of that. So not that there was anything lacking at all in Christ's sacrifice or in his physical sufferings, um, but that God invites us in this mysterious way to be a part of, through our own sufferings, a part of the sufferings of Christ or the redemption of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think what, what stood out to me with that kind of reflection, Aaron, is that, okay, so when we, um, when we suffer, it's mm-hmm. not fun. And it was not, you know, I, I don't think suffering was God's original intent for the world, right? Like, I don't, you know, before, before Adam and Eve, right? Um, but it's a reality. And so I think the gift, and, and then we see how, you know, Jesus comes and suffers for us. So all of a sudden, suffering is no longer meaningless, mm-hmm. 
but it has this power and um, power for salvation, right? Um, but then we look at our own suffering in our own life, right? And it can feel so meaningless. So I think that's maybe what a way to look at at uh, the scripture um, from Corinthians is, you know, we're we're um, able to share what is lacking in Christ's sufferings. Not and like you said, Aaron, not that something is was insufficient in what Christ suffered, but that um, because God came to Earth and became man and then suffered and that suffering is meaningful and we're called to share in everything of God, both, you know, creativity mm-hmm. and all of these things that he doesn't want our suffering to be meaningless as well. So he's allowing us to be part of, of Jesus in that way. And we're, we're part of the, oops, part of the body of Christ. Sorry. I just like knocked my mic over there. <laughs> getting excited here. Awesome. Um, awesome. We're part of the body of Christ. Right. So it's, um, it's that whatever suffering I go through, it doesn't have to feel, or it doesn't have to be, meaningless like there actually is some real there's something that can be redemptive in it something that can actually be salvific in it for others in a way that's beyond our understanding because it becomes connected with mm-hmm. with Christ mm-hmm. yeah yeah as you were saying that like beyond our understanding I was just thinking yeah like in reality the way in which Christ chose to save us involved this incredible amount of suffering and and part of that is so that we, you know, we know that, that God understands our suffering as well, like that, you know, and so our willingness to enter into our suffering is helped along. Like, so our ability to offer it up is helped along by the fact that we know that we're not going to be alone in it because God is with us in it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because he suffered and he understands sort of the intensity of what we're living. And so, that also enables us. So we're invited to, like our sufferings are redeemed because God has redeemed everything about the human person, you know, Mm. after the fall. So they're redeemed, but our capacity to enter into that redemption comes from that redemption in a way, you know, it's that redemption itself that that, like allows us to enter into suffering as a redemptive exercise rather than uh, despairing exercise um and the other thing that I thought of was like when you were when you guys were talking was like we we the power that comes from that gives also a sense of meaning to our whole lives like I remember um reading this from Mother Teresa who's really one of my favorite people we haven't talked about her that much but Mm -hmm. today she's kind of come up with um earlier we had a different conversation she came up then as well Mm -hmm. um yeah I just love her so much and I remember reading her, they, the sisters, the missionaries of charity, I think they have like companions or, or, um, mm. some like a, like prayer like a third partner. order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're often people who are in extreme suffering. So who can't mm. actually do anything. So mother Teresa had like people like this. And one of them wrote to her, like, this is, I read this somewhere, wrote to her and was like, I wish that I could do more. Like I'm sort of homebound and I can't do very much. And I wish I could do more. And mother, she said, was like, no, you are doing like as much the as most. I am yeah. in your prayer. Like I need you to pray for me. Like that is the work that mm. is bearing fruit that you, that God is calling you to. And it's bearing fruit in our ministry, you know, and mm. it was so authentic and concrete. And I was like, yeah, it is a mission in a way. Suffering yeah. can be, you know, a mission. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, it's also like how the Lord can use it for. I mean, how He uses everything, right? So it's not just like He uses it for somebody else, but He, 
but he uses it when we're able to offer our sufferings up, like offer them in union with his sufferings for both us and for other people, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not just something that is like, I'm offering it for, you know, this person or this intention or something like that for, you know, grace for them, whatever for them, their, their redemption, like I'm participating in through Christ, but then I'm also participating in my own redemption because, um, because yeah, from Salvafici Dolores, it also has another quote that says that basically talks about suffering unleashing love, right? So like yeah. seeing um, seeing the suffering of another or the need of another, that it unleashes love in us, mm. and by offering our own sufferings for that person or for whatever you know God's the intentions on the heart of Jesus are, like that it actually opens our own heart to love like to love totally. others to compassion and that's transformative for us you yeah. know mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. there's a couple of um stories that come to mind related to this and this is now talking about my mom who we had on our our show i think our second podcast um and i don't remember if she shared these stories on the episode but um i don't think she did but one one of that she shared is that she, when she was in one of the particularly painful years, like physically painful, she was in a lot of pain every day. Um, and so she was offering it up, you know, okay, Lord, here you go. I offer this up to you. Let it be used for something, you know, for saving souls or whatever. I don't know, whatever, whatever prayer she prayed. Um, and she was like, there is just no consolation in that. There wasn't this feeling of like, oh, I'm participating. And, you know, she was like, she was just, suffering but she was just doing this kind of because she knew intellectually that it's a good thing so she'd been doing this she said about six six months into this Mm. she was praying one day and she all of a sudden had this image of like a big football stadium that was like kind of half to two-thirds full of people Mm. and she felt like the lord said to her okay these are the souls who have come back to me because of of how you've been offering up your sufferings um, this far. Mm. So will you keep offering it up? Like, will you keep on so we can like fill the stadium or whatever it is, you know? And she's like, that was the the only kind of consolation she had with that, but that it was like enough to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, and it's you know, real, to continue yeah. to offer it up, right. It's real. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So like, I think two things struck me about that story when she shared it. And one is that this kind of sense of, of, of uniting one's sufferings to Christ doesn't always bring consolation. Like she, for months and mm. months and months, she was praying this prayer of uniting herself with Christ every day and feeling nothing, mm. but that it was still, that the Lord was still using that. Right. And so just a reminder that sometimes it's not like, we're not going to, it's not going to feel all, we're not going to feel all holy and like, Ooh, I'm saving the yeah. world or something like, no, nope. <laughs> yeah. um, but that, but that there is something that's beautiful happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if I think about my own, I don't know, conversion or reversion or whatever you want to call it. Like I was uh, like away from the church, you know, for, for a good number of years and like not in relationship with God in the church. And then I had kind of this powerful conversion, but I am totally convinced that there was somebody who was offering their, like some little nun somewhere in a convent Mm. was like offering her, um, her sufferings for the conversion of souls and, and that this is how, like, hmm. this is how it came about, right? Like, hmm. the body of Christ was, like, praying for its lost members, and I was one. Mm-hmm. And, through, like, so I, so right. even, like, thinking about that as a motivation for, like, this is the question, right? Like, what does it mean? What does it mean to offer up? Like, how do we do that? What does it look mm-hmm. like? Like, mm-hmm. right. You know? 
The thought that came to me when you were saying that when you're sharing like the prayer of the church, Aaron, is like in some ways like suffering that happens. I mean, and especially, you know, suffering that, that comes from like circumstances we can't control, especially those kinds of things where it's like, I really like, this is just out of nowhere. I mean, all suffering, but especially those kinds of things where you're like, I did not choose this in any way. Like, you Mm, know, um, that it's almost like an, like an immediate invitation to prayer. Like, like Mm. that stuff, like, because prayer is the same, right? Like prayer is in some ways, like our offering to God, like we offer, our intentions, we offer our hearts, we offer and suffering in a way like comes ready to be offered. Like it doesn't have to be, it's, it's just that orientation of the heart that makes it prayer, you Mm. know, that makes suffering prayer. And I think like it's, and it's obviously the most powerful way because I was thinking you were saying, um, Nicole, like we don't feel consolation. I was thinking, yeah. And in his humanity, the Lord had no consolation at all in his suffering and his passion. And that was literally the salvation of the world happening, you know, like right. he, he knew it in, in his, he knew it in his divinity, obviously. And he knew it as even in his humanity and his understanding of what was happening, he knew it, but he didn't feel most likely like yeah. the consolation of that because he experienced, you know, the, the full range of what we experience in our suffering. And so he would have experienced that desolation in a way to some degree I think hopefully well yeah I mean thank God why did why have you abandoned me like feeling totally abandoned my God like that sounds pretty desolate you know (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so but but that that literally was the world being saved you know and so then in our own sufferings not experiencing consolation doesn't it's like the Lord like doesn't mean that people are not or things are not being impacted by that prayer, that offering. Mm -hmm. Even that phrase, like even, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me is the beginning of a Psalm. And like, I remember hearing talks about this, you know, that like Mm -hmm. in, in kind of, um, like Jewish teaching, Jewish learning, Jewish, Jewish, like the Jewish religion, it would be kind of like you say the first line of a Psalm and because everybody had kind of remember, like mm-hmm. memorized them mm-hmm. immediately kind of bring to mind the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. The sense of it all. And mm-hmm. so like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Psalm ends in the victory of God. So mm-hmm. it's like, there is a victory of God in that desolation, in that pain in that forsakenness in that you know that that is like very real but not experienced at the sensible level you know it's a right. matter of faith like it's an expression it's of a faith. matter of faith yeah I love that actually yeah. I'm just sorry I like when when he says that too I love that mm-hmm. it is the first line of that song that ends in victory like the first line of a song that ends in victory isn't like like it's Lord. Yeah. It's not like I'm suffering, but I'm going to be a victor. Like it's a very honest expression of like, yeah, this is awful, but Mm -hmm. it ends in victory, you know? So I kind of like, like in that way, I feel like Jesus is giving us even the blueprint of like, be honest. How to offer. Yeah. You know, be real about it, but know Mm -hmm. that God like reigns in that, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm not offering you my victory and hope, Lord. I'm offering you my desolation. Like I'm offering you my pain, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. just and raw. In hope, in a way, like the yeah. hope is a, is a choice, you know, yeah. 
because, but right. it's a choice because it's the truth. That's also, that's also, right. you know, like we don't feel it as the truth, but there's some sense in which we know that it is true. And that's right. a grace also that we have, in a way we, we can't make manufacture that. We have to pray for that grace, you know? I think so. And I, and I find that sometimes, um, you know, talking about hope and then offering it up, you know, offering something up that we're suffering is, can be um, an action of hope because we believe that mm-hmm. something good will come out of this suffering, mm-hmm. which is objectively and subjectively bad right now. Um, but that, that, you know, of course, hope is a grace. It's a theological virtue. It's something that we cannot achieve on our own. Mm-hmm. But I think that when we are experiencing the grace of, of hope, the grace to hope, um, what it feels like is I'm making just an intellectual decision to choose to believe something that I don't even feel, I don't even know if it's true or not, but I'm just going to decide to believe it because, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I'm going to decide to believe that God can make something good of my suffering. So I'm going to offer it up right now, but I don't feel anything in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like, when you come to that point, like hope doesn't feel really hopeful, but mm-hmm. it's still hope, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, I, I think hope in its most powerful times in our lives, like really doesn't feel like hope at all. I think it's very, that's a very like accurate observation. Actually, yeah. this is a word that one of my friends shared with me yesterday. She was like, you know, in a conversation, personal conversation, that this is a word that the Lord wanted me to hear. And I did feel very convicted by that. And I was like, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It feels like keep my eyes on the truth mm-hmm. and choose hope, but it's not necessarily going to feel hopeful a whole lot. Right. Well, hope believes what it hasn't seen. Yeah. Right. Like, right. yeah. But I was thinking about this, you know, this came up in my friend's conversation as well. Like we don't, we offer up our suffering, but not the in hope, not in despair. That means that we should keep praying for for unless the Lord makes it clear otherwise, for the relief of that suffering, right? Like we should have yeah. hope in, for example, in healing. Like I think that's important too, because sometimes the language of yeah. offered up can sort of seem like, well, you know, you just that this is your lot in life and you just always and maybe it is. Like that's the painful thing. Like maybe it will be, mm-hmm. but we're called to ask to continue to be bold in like yeah. asking the Lord in through discernment and 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 you know and prayer. But to keep even hoping for the relief of that suffering. Totally. You know? Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, there's this weird, I think something that I've been thinking about a lot lately that kind of connects to what you're saying, Rachel, is um, a line that somebody said is that sometimes we get healing but not a cure on this side Mm -hmm. of heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet we look at the scriptures and we see that, you know, Jesus went to a town and he cured everyone. Mm -hmm. So... What is, you know, and, and that he's still the same Lord. He's still the same Jesus who can cure all our diseases. And mm-hmm. and yet sometimes we don't receive the healing or the cure that we f- think that is meant for us or, or you know, until mm-hmm. then. So, you know, I don't know. It's like a, it's, there's a mystery there of um, that we're, we are, I think that to ask, like to, to believe God does not want me to suffer with this thing. So I ask for the resolution and the healing and the full freedom from whatever it is you know, physical pain or, or emotional or whatever it is. And to believe that the Lord truly wants to heal us. Um, but to know that sometimes that that healing might not look like what I envision it to be. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. I, you know, it's just, there's, that's just kind of maybe part of the mystery of suffering too, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, it really is, it really is such a mystery. Like the, I mean, the mystery of suffering will never be completely unmystified the side of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. But I think that can sometimes be part of the reason why we get, I guess, confused or or mystified, for lack of a better word, about what it actually means to offer it up. Like, what? Yeah, I just <laughs> totally knocked my mic <laughs> off of the thing. There we go. But uh, but like, what does that look like? Like, what is yeah. that? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does it actually mean when you say offer it up concretely? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. like what does that look like in the heart? You know, yeah. Well, I I saw, and this kind of relates to what both of you said. I well, I read an article in I think it was the Sisters of Life, their um, their quarterly or whatever, however often they send it newsletter mm. um, about a priest, and he actually has a great video on offering it up. And maybe we can post this in our show notes because I think mm. it's really really beautiful. But he talked about how. As part of his ministry as a priest, he goes and he visits people who are like terminally ill or, or terminally suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he spends time with them and he, yeah, he's with them. And then he, he shares with them. Um, he says, you know, you, you have this powerful potential to, to do something great in the world if you can unite your sufferings with with the Lord. And this is not meaningless. Like you're going to become a powerful force for the conversion of many if you will give this to the Lord and allow him to use it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was reading that article, I felt conflicted because part of me was like, is that really what somebody who's suffering wants to hear? Mm-hmm. It's like, because in, in a sense, it's like, it feels hopeless. Like, well, what? Or I don't know. It's just like, there's a part of me that, that, that still shrinks at that and yet I had to realize that you know when he was telling it that people this is it becomes this sense of deep meaning and joy for people who are suffering right um that there it can actually that there's something very practical that someone who is you know bedridden and in pain can do that's maybe more powerful than anything else that's going on in the world they they can have this beautiful effect so I think that's kind of what you're saying, Erin, is like, okay, so, you know, having talked about all of this and broken it open a little bit, um, what does that mean for us? How can we offer things up in our own lives? Um, You know, how, yeah, how can we, how can we share this with others in a way that is um, not going to seem like we're just being non-empathetic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 I think that like we, we have to, be humble in a way in how we approach this in our own lives and in how we kind of propose it to other people in that, like we've talked about this before in other episodes, like suffering is such a um, personal and unique journey for each person. Like holy ground. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and so there's like the Lord is doing something in our lives and in the lives of others through our sufferings, very specific ways. And, um, healing and like sometimes healing us right of our sufferings that come from wounds and all these kinds of things and sometimes allowing our sufferings for a long time so it's all so unique for each person and I think that like to speak to this topic of like how like I can only really share from my experience I think on this and like then the other thing that I think of is like I can share from my experience and then just propose people look to the saints because the saints have in many ways given us 
like a plethora of examples of how to, you know, offer our, our sufferings. Um, but I think in my, in my life, it is very, it varies because sometimes I'm very aware, like, okay, I can offer this up. Other times I'm just so weak in my suffering. Like, I'm just like, well, I hate this. It's all really bad. And so it's like, I, I try to come back to my sense. In some ways when you're suffering, you're like out of your rationale. Like you're not Mm -hmm. rational as a person, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think you have to be very gentle with like where you actually are and come to the Lord first, like come Mm -hmm. like first be before God, you know, um, and bring your suffering to him. Allow then from that place, him to open you up to what can be done in and through that experience mm-hmm. right. um, and let him take the lead in a way. Um, and mm-hmm. I had this image, Erin, when you were speaking earlier of like, we are suffering. You were talking about how our suffering is powerful for the sake of others, not just for ourselves. And it's, that's kind of the amazing reversal. I feel like that God does in our lives. There's a song we've mentioned it before by Sarah Groves called like a lake. It's, you know, uh, Nicole and I love, this is a favorite song of both of ours, but it's this idea that when you're suffering, like all you want to do is like curl inward, you know, but do that in in a way in front of the Lord, you know, don't curl inward without Jesus, like go in Hmm. front of him and allow yourself to be real in front of him. And then he, through his grace, can sort of open you back up again, even mm-hmm. while you suffer, to mm-hmm. give your yeah. sufferings over to other, for others, you know? I think a lot of it, too, is the is the realization that it's something that we get better at over time, you know? And mm. even as we come to kind of, so like, for example, if you're praying the examine, like the Ignatian examine every day, and you're spending that time with the Lord to see how are you moving in my life, Lord, during the day, then as you get better at identifying that at one time, then you get better at identifying that in the actual time that it's where the Lord is doing something, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's something similar that kind of happens in suffering and in offering it up that like there there's there's a beautiful thing about recognizing that God is outside of time like he's not bound by time and that I can offer my suffering before during and after mm. my suffering you know right. so that even even if I realize that maybe in a time of suffering that I was closed in on myself I was not like I, I was like running from it and shrinking from it and you know like even actively resisting like letting the Lord use it for something or that idea that the Lord could use it for something because it's painful or because I'm mad or whatever like that actually I can offer that to him post experience mm-hmm. when I have some some kind of, you know, hindsight about some of the good things that happened. And that even as I can do that more, then I can start to open myself up more to recognizing that in the moment when I am suffering and feeling desolation or despair, or whatever, that I can give it to the Lord because I'm able to trust that he can bring something good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That, yeah. yeah, even if in the moment we're not able to make that act of offering it up, yeah, mm-hmm. to be able to do it after, know that the Lord can still make use of that. Yeah. And yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say like, and that it is an act, you know, like that it's an act of the will and yeah. like in, like in so many things that the Lord allows us to choose freely in that. So even saying internally, like when we talk about the specifics of offering it up, like saying internally, I'm giving you this pain, Lord, do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, 
I had actually an incredible witness to me in my life of this is my sister because she, um, so she's on a different episode that we, that we've recorded on this podcast and she's done our logo. Um, you know, I'll just plug her now. Made Mary and illustrated <laughs> me as well. Dun, dun, dun. She's an incredible artist, but, um, she suffers from a lot of, uh, different illnesses that are very complicated and we don't really know the full extent of them, but she's gone into anaphylactic shock and very sort of very near death experiences of a number of times. And, um, I was present two of those times. And one, one, one of them was specifically horrific where she was like in like incredible, like unbelievable amounts of like inconsolable pain because her entire body was just swelling up. And it was like the word that comes to mind is like horrific. Like you just mm-hmm. never want to see someone that you love in that, like, in pain that, that much. Um, and she would just, she was just, she would just like name. So she'd be like in pain, literally yelling and screaming in pain. And then just like name, like, okay, I'm offering it up for this. And I'm offering it up. And like, no one asked her, but she just had this, I mean, it was a grace. It was a grace. Like, and I think she would say that too, that it was just a grace. But I remember like that being sort of seared into my mind as that, like, like, you know, I love my sister, but she's not like, she's just a normal person. Like on a, on a normal day, it's not like I'd be like, well, she walks around like super, ho-. like, you know, she's a normal person. We yell at each other. Like life is, but like, I just realized like how God, how present God is in the heart of, mm. of, of all of us. And she just allowed him free reign in the midst of that suffering, you know? And that, but it didn't look pretty. Like she wasn't, it was so much pain. It was so, so messy, but it was so beautiful as a witness to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it, I feel like that's part of it too, just to realize like, it's not going to be necessarily pretty, but right. it's, it, it's, it's, um, authentic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, just before we move into our God winks, like what's striking me is, as we're speaking about this, that this is like, hold on a second. Like, what are we talking about here? We're saying that something terrible that I'm going through, I can take that thing, Mm -hmm. that pain, that sorrow, and kind of lift it up, say, okay, here, God, like, here's an ingredient, you divine cook of the world. (laughs) Um, And and someone else, like a real human being, is now going to experience a grace and is going to know God because of my suffering. Mm -hmm. Like, that's very radical. That's amazing. And Mm -hmm. what a, like, what a gift that nothing I ever go through, um, could be wasted. Like no matter how terrible, you know, everything is going to be used for, you know, can be used. If I can offer this to God, it can be used for something like that's, that's Mm. kind of wild, you know, (laughs) that we believe this. I love that divine cook of the world. I'm going to make an icon (laughs) of that divine cook of the world. Yes. That's our in the thicket. Somebody's got it. You could ask Trish Trish if she wants (laughs) to do a painting of the divine cook of the world. Oh my gosh, I will. Oh, that's so great. So cool. And we love food in our family. So that's like, I feel like it's resonating with me in so many ways. That's so well, funny. That's, so that's funny. not the part I realized would resonate, but great. But <laughs> like, right? totally I did. Okay, but for real though, the witness of that, like when you guys are talking about 
witness. Even I've experienced that in such a practical way in the friendship that the three of us plus our secret prayer person has. Mm -hmm. And we have this chat and people will say like having a hard day, offering it for you. And I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) Just seeing that from other people is like, there is a goodness in that, um, that witness of, you know, giving pain to the Lord and, and knowing that it can be transformed is helpful for other people to begin to do that as well. Yeah. It's so true. And there's something very that brings a joy into it. Like, like Aaron, what you're saying, like there's been times where I'm, I'm just really stressed about something or going through whatever. And I'm posting in the chat, Hey, you know, guys pray for me. I'm going through this. And then, and then someone else will post and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm also going through this tough thing. I'm going to offer up my stress for you. And then I'm like, cool. All right. I'll offer up my stress for you. Reciprocal love. Reciprocal (laughs) offering it up for each other. And it sort of brings joy where I'm like, you know, then the moments where I could, you know, I've experienced this where, and then the moment, the day where I'm like, oh, this is really feeling stressful. I'm like, ah, but it's for this person. So it's okay. And they're offering it for me. And and it's just like, yeah, it's meaningful. And we kind of joke, like maybe my offering and your offering will just like cancel out the suffering for each other. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, it doesn't work that way. That's not <laughs> After we like just unpacked the right understanding of offering it up, just screwed it all up again. <laughs> Okay, so just go and read the scriptures and read the catechism yeah, and read right. Salvifi- okay, Aaron, can you say it? Salvifici Dolores. Thank you. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that it correctly, like a but. Sandwich uh, to me. Salvifici Dolores? What kind of sandwich are like that? Like in a really fancy Italian yeah, uh, yeah. Like sandwich place. What do you call it? Speaking this? Yeah. of food. Yeah. Totally. That's totally. Can you imagine if there was like a super uber Catholic like patisserie or like a deli or something, and they named a sandwich Salvifici Dolores? That'd be great. The, the salvation. Maybe that'll be a future ministry of in the thicket All right. podcast. Business idea for someone. <laughs> yes. out there. there you go. You're welcome. Uh, okay. Well, uh, ladies, um, Rachel, what for this week? What's your God wink? Yeah. So my God wink this week is uh, was is actually connected to my saint of the year. So we did mm-hmm. our 2020 episode. We used Jen Fulweiler's, you know, uh, word of the year, which for me was adventures, which was so cool. And saint of the year, which is St. Raymond of Pena for, for me. Um, and I, so this week I was sort of in, we are in lockdown right now in Ontario and I was with my family in Halton sort of, you know, locking, sort of locking down with them in community. And then I was like, I'm coming back, going back to school. I need to get ready for that. And so I moved back to Hamilton. And so now I'm like in quarantine on my own. And so I did that. This is we're recording on a Saturday. I did that this week on Wednesday and, um, Thursday, like it wasn't hard cause I'm on my own, but there's a lot of other stuff I'm going through personally that I was like, it was not an easy day for me on Thursday. I woke up and I was like, I don't want to deal with any of this. It's a suffering that I'm God is clearly calling you to offer up. I was not in that space at all. Like when I woke up on Thursday morning and I looked at my phone and I realized like, Oh, it's the feast day of St. Raymond of Penyafort. And, Hmm. and then I did, I sort of read the optional readings from the U S for his, you know, his feast day. And it was like the Lord, you know, the readings were all about being made new and, um, about sort of allowing the Lord to do the work that he, he is wants to do in our lives, you know, um, obviously paraphrasing. And that was, that's, I know that's what's happening in my life right now. So it was just like one of those moments where it was like the Lord saying to me, like, I am with you, like, this is going to be hard, but you're not, you're not alone. And it's not fruitless. Like this is, 
this is going somewhere. And I remember I've been thinking about this a lot, Nicole, on your parents' episode has come up already in this discussion, but your dad in our episode with them mentioned how when you're on a train sometimes and your windows are closed, like it doesn't feel like you're going anywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you like roll the blinds up, you are like, you're moving somewhere Mm -hmm. and that's sometimes suffering. Like the Lord, he's doing something. It is moving forward, but it doesn't feel like it. And that's kind of the space I'm in now. So St. Raymond's like presence. I just felt like I had a new friend that day. I was like, okay, he's going to be with me for the rest of this year. And it's like all the hard stuff. Like he's going to, he's going to be a new source of uh, intercession and friendship for me for this year. So, yeah. And I forgot, totally forgot about him Hmm. before that morning, like Thursday And he just showed up on your kind of rough day. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Erin? Yeah. So mine is uh, related to a cat. Um, mm-hmm. I, so my sister's cat is staying with us for a while because the other two cats that they have were ganging up on her for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, long story, but so she's here. Her name is Gogo. Um, and so she is like the most needy cat in the entire world. And for Aww. some reason she has attached herself to me and <sighs> she'll like, like when I come out of the bathroom in the morning, she's like waiting there and she doesn't have a normal meow. It's like every meow is like like yelling meowing you know <laughs> anyways and so like she meows at me to feed her and then she meows at me to pet her she sits on the newspaper when I'm trying to do it in the morning she like I'm trying to write the thesis and I had to bring the cat like um the cat what is it table thingy mm-hmm. or cat stand you know when you buy one of those for a cat I had to bring it and set it beside where I work on my thesis so that she could sit there next to me anyways so I'm like this cat is so annoying and so cute at the same time but I was when I was praying the other day I kind of just even had the sense of like that I'm like a cat to the Lord <laughs> like <laughs> Like, not in terms of uh, being annoying, annoying to him. yeah yes mm-hmm. no but um but just in terms of like like that I do, like I have a desire just to be like with him, even when mm. not doing anything. But even that, um, even that, like, I think this cat has no idea what she's actually looking for. She's just very needy. And sometimes I'm just like that. Like, I don't know what I need, Lord, but I just, meow. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyways, so so just like a, yeah, Aww. just like this image that was somehow weird and comforting at the same time. Oh, I love that. That is That's so good. Funny. Um, so my God wink was actually, uh, kind of a meta God wink, I think, but I, I, uh, one of the things that I noticed, um, kind of remembering when it, what it was like to be around people all the time. Remember that? Um, right. yeah. When I think about that, I, wait, that's I, not what we're doing right now. <laughs> right. <that>? Yeah. <laughs> On Zoom. Right. Um, right. <laughs> But it was just a sense of, you know, you have these random encounters with people here and there that, you know, someone says something that just touches something in you. And there's like these little, it's like little mini whispers of, of God's presence that are kind of, you know, suggesting where God is leading that are just kind of happening randomly all the time. Mm. Um, And I feel like I'm missing that, like I'm missing Mm. that being more isolated, you know? Um, but you know, if I can think back, I was thinking about this and thinking of some of the most sort of recent ways that, you know, sort of recent whispers of different encounters of people. And of course that can still happen, you know, over zoom or over the telephone or whatever. Um, but kind of feeling like, is that even, is that, am I making this up? Like that, that's a thing, you know, and, and kind of doubting that. 
um, that I was at my my small group last night. I'm part of the communion liberation um, small groups we meet every week. Yeah. And the reading that we were talking about was about, and what we sort of what at the end of uh, what the discussion ended up focusing on was about these kind of whispers that happen through encounters with other that are signs of God's mm. presence. And and that's what we just talked about the whole time. It's based in, in my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're all just talking about God winks. Like this is what this is. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it was just, I felt like it was like, you know, this is something that I've been sort of thinking of this week and and having a little bits of kind of doubt, but also just missing it and wondering. And it just, I felt like it was confirmed like, oh yeah, this is, this is the thing. And also this is still present in my life, even though it's in a different way. So it just felt kind of comforting uh, with that. So cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. (sighs) Well, thanks ladies for another wonderful discussion. Yeah. Yeah, so to summarize, offered up does not mean suck it up, nor does it mean punch me in the face. Yes, and Aaron will not punch you in the face. No, I will not. She's very holy, even if she feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she will offer up that feeling of wanting to punch you in the face that she is not right. following for your on. salvation. For your salvation, you know, yeah. Sinner. That's my, correct. my last, my outgoing thought here is uh, a little bit of funny thing. I just remembered. So I have an uncle who's a, a Franciscan friar, a priest, mm. and he, whenever he like, you know, stubs his toe or whatever it is, like some sort of really minor painful thing, he'll, this is what his response is. And he'll say, whoever's to whoever's around, he'll be like, oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Okay. And then he'll look at, you know, me, if I'm around, like, Nicole, I'm, I'm offering this up for your conversion, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> it's oh just the best, you know, I'm just feeling it. That's amazing. Love it. It's so great. Love it. Um, yeah. I've used that a couple of times on people and most of the time they laugh and sometimes they look offended and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a joke. And then I have to explain the whole context. Like, but right. not, sure. I'm not trying to criticize you. Not. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, there you go. I That's awesome. It. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks you guys. <laughs> we'll see you talk to you next week. We love yeah. you all and yeah. offer it up, baby. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Amen. we're praying every Friday. So anybody every who's Friday. like looking for people to pray with, or just, you know, there's you want to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, we pray every Friday. Yeah. It's 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's you can join right. us in person or through the IGTV that we post afterward on Instagram. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. God bless all right. you guys. God bless you all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.